Well, we said, buckle up. There was a lot going on in the dollar system, causing all sorts of problems at the end of September, and you knew it would be only a matter of time before all those ripples of illiquidity, lack of money supply, inelasticity began to affect more than just the UK, more just the UK gilt market. What's going on in Switzerland? Now, Switzerland is an important country for various, various reasons, and the dollar system may be especially so because it is historically, of course, a money center, a euro dollar, a major euro dollar hub where US dollars are transited back and forth all over the world. Now, last week, the Federal Reserve reported that the Bank of Switzerland had drawn 3.1 billion in overseas dollar swaps. It had been the first major draw on dollar swaps since the end of last year. So immediately people began to say, something's going on here. And their initial target, or at least the initial thought was, well, that's just Credit Suisse, right? I mean, Credit Suisse has been in the news, bad bank, breaking it up, can't raise capital. It's a, it's a, it's a troubled institution. So it might seem to make sense that Credit Suisse having funding problems, maybe they're the ones drawing heavily on the Federal Reserve's, well, not drawing on the Swiss National Bank, which has swapped dollars with the Federal Reserve. Remember, the Fed keeps everybody at arm's length because it can't transact with overseas uh, counterparties. But is that what's really going on here? The answer is no. There is a lot more going on here, and it doesn't look like this is just Credit Suisse. Now, Credit Suisse may be involved, but a, a lot more isn't going on than just that one bank. And as we said, you could see the trouble coming. It's been brewing. And we just got the results for next week's, or what will be tomorrow's, uh, today's dollar auction from the Swiss National Bank, and it is double the size of last week. We're up to $6 billion. Before we get into all those details, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. And this is the time in the video where I tell you, if you're watching this on Emil Kalinowski's YouTube channel, you need to wander over to the Eurodollar University YouTube channel because before too much longer, the videos are going to be uploaded just exclusively on Eurodollar University. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify or any number of podcast outlets, you don't need to do anything. And if you're already at Eurodollar University's YouTube channel, thank you for coming over, subscribe, do all that stuff that they tell you to do with uh, YouTube bells and whatnot. So Switzerland, 3.1 billion last week was auctioned. Now, how does the dollar swaps work? The Federal Reserve only really isn't involved that much at all. They enter into an agreement with this, in this case, the Swiss National Bank. It's a standing agreement where the Swiss National Bank auctions dollars off every week. There's a weekly dollar auction, which usually nobody attends. There's no bids there. There's nothing going on. So the Federal Reserve, Swiss National Bank, should there be participation in a Swiss National Bank auction in U.S. dollars, the Swiss National Bank would then go to the Federal Reserve and swap francs for dollars. So the Fed ends up with francs, francs on its balance sheet. The Swiss National Bank ends up with dollars on its. They agree on exchange rates so that there's no, count, there's no uh, currency risk in either direction. Interest rates are settled. Uh, they're already... They're already set out in the provisions. So as far as the Federal Reserve is concerned, there's just a bunch of book entries. Now, Swiss National Bank, they do these auctions. And last week, again, as I said, 3.1 billion offered at 3.33%, which is a higher rate of penalty rate, which is what it's supposed to be, Walter Badgett. 
But it wasn't just one bank. There was actually nine, nine participants who successfully bid at that auction. So there was nine banks that needed 3.1 billion in funding. As I said, that's the most, by far the most drawn from the any overseas dollar swaps anywhere in the world since the end of last year. 3.1 billion is rather significant here. But then today, and the number, oh, before we get to that, the 3.1 billion hasn't even hit the Federal Reserve's weekly statistics yet because the auction was conducted and settled on October 6th. You don't even see this dollar swap operation if you go to FRED or any of the, any of the other, uh, any of the other um, data providers outside of the Federal Reserve Bank of New York's own books. So that hasn't even hit the books yet, nor has the operation that was conducted today by the Swiss National Bank. Again, weekly auctions. This time we had 15 counterparties show up, bidding for a total of now $6.27 billion. So we went from basically zero to, th to nine counterparties last week uh, needing $3.1 billion at 3.33%, to this week settled tomorrow for a seven-day seven day maturity, seven-day tenor, $6.27 billion. So something is going on in Switzerland. It could be Credit Suisse, but it's also not just Credit Suisse. And it could be that the market is looking at Credit Suisse and saying, we don't like you and we don't like all those around you. But I don't think that's the case. I think it's much, much more significant than that, particularly because it's Switzerland. Switzerland is, as I said, a money center hub for the global, financial, global monetary financial system anyway, especially when it comes to US dollars. So it's more likely, in my opinion, that there are banks from all around the world who have subsidiaries operating in this jurisdiction who are then bidding for U.S. dollars from the Swiss National Bank purposely using Switzerland to mask their location. Because these are all anonymous, we don't really know what banks are, are being, what banks are bidding for auctions. Furthermore, if you can do it through Switzerland rather than your home country, that, might, that helps mask the problem too. What if these are U.K. banks? that are bidding for funds through Switzerland, and then, and then of course, um, transferring those dollars back locally to the UK or anywhere else around the world. That's kind of how this works, this dollar system. You don't have to be a Swiss bank to access the Swiss National Bank. It can be, uh, what I mean by Swiss bank, you don't have to be a specifically Swiss bank. So what's going on is much wider than just Switzerland. It's, it's, so it's, the question isn't what's wrong with Switzerland, it's what's wrong with the entire dollar system, which, I mean, that's all we've been talking about all year, particularly since March. And then again, for the third time, as I said, toward the end of September, we've seen lots of uh, increasing developments and escalations in US dollar trouble. So this, kind of sits in the in the series of escalating warnings going back to around the middle of September. It wasn't really UK, it wasn't really London, it wasn't really the gilt market, the UK bond market. It's a global dollar problem that is escalating. We had the first series of rumbles back in March, oil price shock, all that stuff. We had a second massive liquidations that wiped out a lot in starting in the middle of June into July. And then as I said, last couple of weeks, major warnings, it looked like there was another, a third deflationary wave building. That The, the Swiss National Bank auctions accelerating to now 6.3 billion, obviously consistent with what the Indians said back in July, 
rapid external tightening. This is not rate hikes. I need to say that too. The obligatory reference, Paul Krugman, as well as others around the world who realize this is not about rate hikes. There's something else going on here. Another thing that we can look to, um, as I said, during the last couple of weeks of September, leading up to October, we had T-bill rates that were ridiculously low, collateral shortage, SOFA rates, which were ridiculously low, again, collateral shortage, all sorts of indications. And I'll, let me throw another one out there. Japanese government bonds, not bonds, but bills, the J-bills, the three-month J-bill had got down as low as minus 26.9 basis points toward the end of September into early October. Now, Japanese three-month government bond or government bills, definite Euro-dollar collateral shortage indication. Uh, Emil and I did a podcast on that re relatively recently. Check that out if you're interested in the details about why Japanese government bills are such a key indication for US dollar or Euro dollar funding behavior around the entire world. So again, SOFR T-bills, even though SOFR has gone back to 305, where it should be, T-bills are still a little soft. Japanese government, government bills, the three-month bill from around minus 26 or minus 27, it's back up to minus 16, but that's still an incredibly low rate. So funding problems, collateral, and here's another one. Another one that escalates, one that I watch all the time, Federal Reserve Bank of New York custody of foreign-held treasuries. So foreign governments and central banks own lots of treasuries as reserves, as we know. And a lot of, a lot of those, more than, or, well, used to be more than $3 trillion, now it's less than $3 trillion, were held in custody at Federal Reserve Bank of New York, sort of as a correspondent accommodation. Essentially, you're going to need dollars transiting in and out of the United States anyway, so why not just hold the treasuries? with the Federal Reserve branch in New York because that's where a lot of this stuff happens. What we see, especially since 2014 in particular, is that the amount of treasuries in custody at FRBNY on behalf of these foreign, foreign, older, or foreign holders, um, it tends to rise and fall with dollar shortages, with the dollar's exchange value actually. The dollar's exchange value goes up Foreign, the custody, uh, the amount reported in custody at the Federal Reserve Bank of New York tends to decline because those two things are essentially symptoms of the same thing, a dollar shortage. Dollar, dollar rises in exchange value, financial indication, it's a margin call, as some people have started saying, finally recognizing what's going on with the U.S. dollar. And of course, foreign governments use their treasuries when, when never confronted with a dollar shortage. And I say use doesn't mean they, they don't always sell them. Sometimes they're transferred as collateral in term repos, perhaps some contingent liability, derivative transactions. Anyway, whatever reason, they leave for the Federal Reserve Bank of New York's custody and then disappear off into the ether. Over the last couple of weeks of reported data, and we just got the, the updated for last week um, through October 5th, which is when all the Switzerland stuff began, we had 67 point something, uh, going off of 67.3 billion, I think it was. 67.3 billion in US treasuries disappear from Federal Reserve Bank of New York custody over these particular two weeks. How, bit, how much is, the, I mean, 67 billion is a lot. In any two week period, there's only been a couple, a handful of instances where we've seen a bigger decline in a two week period. 
Obviously, March of 2020, that's going to be a big one. Another one was in March of 2014. Russia was hit with sanctions and, of course, had to redo all their stuff. So they sold a lot of their treasuries to raise liquidity so that they could transfer before the sanctions hit. And another one, back to December, November and December of 2011. Back then, it was nowhere near $67 billion. It was only about $40 billion in any two-week period. But what's interesting about December 2011, another outbreak or another use of Federal Reserve overseas dollar swaps. Consistent with that type of funding interruption and disruption that we, we have the marketplace starved of dollars, central banks around the world doing try, at least trying to do something about it, including using their own treasuries and where possible or on occasion accessing the Fed's overseas dollar swaps. So it's consistent what we see in this particular data, data, data piece. Japanese three-month government bond bills, SOFR, T-bill rates, all the stuff that we've been talking about, swap spreads that have, especially the 30-year swap spread that just tanks, just collapsed down into the minus 40s and at one point minus 50. So all these warning signs that funding difficulties are continuing to escalate. But I hear you say, the Fed's on it got these dollar swaps. These dollar swaps are available for a reason. And if, if banks, even if they're not Swiss banks, if banks are accessing these dollars in Switzerland, must be okay, right? Well, first of all, take a look around you. Does it look like everything's okay? Does it look like the Fed is being effective at alleviating dollar funding problems in any sort of major fashion? Of course not. The overseas dollar swaps are worthless. They're useless. Their history shows conclusively that when dollar swaps go up, that doesn't mean that the, the funding problem is over. That just means the funding problem has gotten to a point that even banks are willing to go knocking on doors at central banks. Perfect example, not just 2011, of course, but that's a good one. The second heavy, third heaviest use of overseas dollar swaps in that period, starting in December 2011, European sovereign debt crisis, which was really a repo crisis, Italian debt in particular. Um, March of 2020, another case where dollar swaps accelerated or dollar swaps were available. Nobody used them. Global crisis anyway. And then, you know, the first example is probably the best one. Starting in December of 2007, the Federal Reserve instituted these overseas dollar swaps in December of, not 2008, 2007. So obviously, if the dollar swaps had worked marginally well, would we have had Bear Stearns and everything happen in March of 2008? Well, maybe you could say Bear Stearns is, is domestic. What does the overseas dollar swaps have to do with Bear Stearns? It's a dollar system. There were 67-some billion in overseas dollar swaps drawn during the summer of 2008, ever be long before we got to Lehman Brothers and AIG in the middle of September. So $67 billion in dollar swaps were already open and active to foreign counterparties, the five central banks that had initial counterparties. In the middle of 2008, did that prevent what became the global monetary, not financial crisis in 2008? And then, of course, overseas dollar swaps swelled, exploded to almost $600 billion during the worst global monetary panic since the Great Depression. During the worst global monetary panic since the Great Depression, we had this $600 billion in dollar swaps open and active. 
Did they help keep the, crisis, keep the crisis from happening? Did they soften the crisis? Likely, no. When dollar swaps go up, like anything else on a central bank's balance sheet, that's when you know something is really wrong. Now, going back to Switzerland, $6.7 billion is a drop in the bucket. It's not a proverbial drop in the bucket. It is a real drop in the bucket. It's not a huge amount. But $6.7 billion in this context means something. Now, what it ultimately means, we're going to find out shortly. And what markets are saying, and what I believe one reason why curves have been so upside down and so, so persistently inverted over the last, ever since the, middle, the last deflationary wave in the middle of July, is not just because the economy is poised precipitously toward recession, but there is massive gross deflationary potential all throughout the world. Rapid external tightening that has nothing to do with rate hikes. As I said last last couple of weeks, major warning, we saw them in September. They're continuing to go right on through October. So as I said at the beginning, buckle up. This thing isn't done just yet. Thank you for watching. As always, thank you to Eurodollar University members. If you're interested in becoming a member or any other subscription products that I offer or in partnership with Stephen Van Meter, just check us out at eurodollar.university or go to marketsinsiderpro.com. And thank you for watching again, as I said. Thank you to all our members. We'll see you again next time.